So the book of Romans um, is a favourite book of mine and it contains one of my favourite verses and this verse is kind of the basis for the series that we're going to go through this month. Um, We're going to be talking about transformation and living a transformed life. So Romans 12.2, if you hadn't figured out that's the verse I'm talking about, says, don't copy the behaviour and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. So God wants to transform us. He want, but um, I think that our, our habits and our belief systems can get in the way of that. I like to be right. Anyone with me? <laughs> I like things to be done the right way, the right way. The problem is that I often think that my way is the right way. Brendan often hears me say, that's not the way you're supposed to do that. And he replies with a quote from the movie Chocolat and says, don't worry so much about supposed to. I like rules. I like clearly defined boundaries so I know where I stand. I'm the perfect candidate for a rule following God's law abiding Christian. But I also fail often and sometimes I fail hard. But Romans to me is a book that reminds me that I'm not bound to keep those rules on my own and not, and not bound by my mistakes and failures either. Roman makes the, Romans makes the gospel message clear and the freedom to be transformed by God instead of trying to do everything ourselves. So this week I want to begin this series by taking a look at the side of us that wants to do good and right and how the outworking of that is actually tied up in where our confidence lies. So first let's have a look at what Paul says in Romans about following the law, which is God's commands and doing what's right. He says that God is the only one who can make us righteous. It's not through our good works, but through our faith in Jesus. So righteous means to be in right standing with God, to be considered good and not sinful. Paul makes this clear throughout his letter to the Romans, that it's God who makes us righteous and not by us obeying the law. So let's have a look. Romans 3, 20 to 27 says, For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. But now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping those require- the requirements of the law, as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. For God presented Jesus as, a, as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. For he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness. For he himself is fair and just, and he makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. Can we boast then that we have done anything to be accepted by God? No, because our acquittal is not based on obeying the law. It is based on faith. So we are made right with God through faith and not obeying the law. So I would think that for most of you, that's not a surprise to hear that. Um, you, know, to, you, you know that it's your faith in Jesus that makes us right and not our good works. Maybe for some of you that is news and it's good news. Um, and that's, that's awesome. But for most of you, if, especially if you've been in this church, I imagine that you've heard that preached and talked about before. So you're thinking, no problem, Kirsty, I know that. But self-righteousness is something that can so easily slip into our lives that we don't even recognise it. 
You know, it's in our sinful nature to try and do something to merit our salvation. So we might think that we know with our conscious mind, and sure we do, that, that it's not what we do that makes us right, that it's God. But deep down, we might believe things about God or about ourselves that lead us to act otherwise. In Romans, Paul was writing to the church in Rome that included both Jewish and Gentile, which is non-Jewish Christians. And he addresses issues such as self-righteousness and confidence in their good works that was present in the Jews' lives. In Romans 10, 1 to 3, he says, Dear brothers and sisters, the longing of my heart and my prayer to God is for the people of Israel to be saved. I know what enthusiasm they have for God, but it is misdirected zeal. The message version says, but they are doing everything exactly backward. For they don't understand God's way of making people right with himself. Refusing to accept God's way, they cling to their own way of getting right with God by trying to keep the law. For Christ has already accomplished the, accomplished the purpose for which the law was given. And as a result, all who believe in him are made right with God. In Ecclesiastes 7.16, it says, Don't be over-righteous, neither be over-wise. Why destroy yourself? And Romans 12.3 says, Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. So today, I want, uh, so today we're going to look at self-righteousness, what it is, what causes it, what consequences it has, and what we can do about it. So what is self-righteousness? It's the boasting that Paul talks about in Romans 3.27. It's thinking that the things that we do make us good enough for God, and this elevates us to be judge over others. Still don't think that's you? Are you critical of others? Constantly noting or talking about the wrongful deeds of other people and talking or thinking about how you would never do that and you can't believe that person got it so wrong? Do you give yourself a big pat on the back when you spend time praying, reading the Bible, worshipping in your own time? Do you love the approval and praise that others um, give to you when you do good deeds instead of doing them for God's righteousness to be shown to others? Do you complete Bible plans and highlight things in the YouVersion app so that others will see how good you are doing at your Bible reading plans? <laughs> Do you feel uncomfortable in the presence of others? Um, sorry, in the presence of people who you know have committed a terrible sin? Do you find it hard to accept correction from others, allowing pride to take over and allow you to become unteachable? Do you justify yourself by blaming others? Do you wallow in self-pity? Enduring trials instead of rejoicing in them as a way of God developing you? Do you lack compassion, seeing others as sinful and wrongdoing people, and you just don't understand why they are that way? And then you try to shame them into doing the right thing, because it's the right thing. Do you sit here on a Sunday thinking, I wish so-and-so was here to hear this message? <laughs> Maybe you're sitting here listening to these things and think, I don't do any of those. I'm awesome. Well, you just let self-righteousness slip in there. You know, I'm sure we can all relate to some of these things. I can hear that you are, and I relate to these things too. You know, sometimes if I've had a personal revelation about something, like for example, um, you know, lifting your hands in worship and what that means, or maybe, you know, not drinking alcohol excessively, that was something I didn't do as a teenager. But I've struggled at times with others who clearly haven't had the same revelation, and uh, you know, because for me, I understood what God wanted me to do and why he wanted me to do these things. And I couldn't understand why others didn't get it. And I looked down on them and thought their behaviour was wrong and I was superior. And I tried to, like I said before, shame them into to doing the right thing rather than helping them and showing grace to them as God has to us. 
You know, God showed me that those things weren't what made me right, and my feelings to those people came out of ugly self-righteousness. It's condemning behaviour that sure wasn't going to change them. So what leads us to this self-righteous behaviour? Self-righteousness is actually misplaced confidence. That's the title of my message today, misplaced confidence. It's a lack of confidence in God and what he's done. It's when we've misplaced our confidence into something else, ourselves. Did we mean to do this? Probably not. You might not have even realised you're doing it until I read out that list of things. (laughs) But when we start criticising others and elevating ourselves to judge, then we need to take a look at ourselves and where our confidence lies. Because if it was in Jesus, then you wouldn't feel the need to do those things. If you truly understand and believe that God has made us righteous through our faith in Jesus and what he did at the cross, then why are you trying so hard to win his approval? Why are you comparing yourselves to others and making sure that you're winning? Or why are you trying to force them to doing and believing the same things as you? So why is self-righteousness bad? I'm hoping that's a fairly obvious question, but let's explore it a little anyway. So what you boast in is what gives you confidence to go out and face the world. It's where you draw your identity and self-worth from. So if we're boasting about how good we are, then when we go out and face the day, our confidence is in the belief that we're better than others. That's just going to fall flat on its face because you're not. (laughs) We're not better than others. As we read in the scripture, it says all um, fall short of God's plans. So then our confidence is just totally shattered. And that leads to anxiety. It leads to no security in who we are. You know, before Paul became a Christian, he used to boast about his family background, about legalism, morality. And he says in Philippians that he now considers that all rubbish. He gave them up to receive Christ. All our sense of identity and security must be given up to follow Christ. Now that might sound scary, but it's actually a greater sense of identity, a greater sense of security and confidence that we get in God than we ever had before in ourselves. It's confidence in God's ability to actually save us not our own self-reliance on our good deeds. If deep down you really think your worthiness and acceptability hang on your performance, then when your sin is revealed, it drives you further away from God rather than closer to Him. When we're self-righteous, we can't make us right with Him because we're actually getting in the way. God can't make us right with Him because we're getting in the way by trying to do it ourselves. We're totally in denial of our sin, which leaves no room for God to be able to take it away. Now, I'm not saying that just because we act out of self-righteousness means that we've totally ignored the gospel and we're completely relying on ourselves and our good works for salvation and that therefore not truly saved. It can mean this, sure, but I don't want you all sitting here thinking, oh, I was self-righteous about a few things and that means that I'm not saved, that I don't know God. But it clearly means that we're not completely reliant on God's grace and the works of Jesus to make us complete in our salvation. Sometimes we're not living out of that place of salvation and freedom and confidence in God. The other thing that self-righteousness does is it causes disunity and division between people. It leads to things like racism, classism. It repels other people. People don't like it when you're, I think I'm better than you sort of attitude. (laughs) It, It turns people away. You know, there are a lot of people who don't, know God and they still think that they have to do what's right or they'll go to hell. I work with someone who's, who she did used to go to church when she was younger 
And she said something once about how, you know, she was told, well, if you do this, then you're going to hell. And, I, and she still believes that that's what the gospel message is, that you have to do right, otherwise you're going to hell. Um, Brendan's dad said something to him the other day about how that's what he was taught growing up in church, that if you don't do the right things, you're going to hell. And it's all about what we do. You know, there's a lot of people out there who think that, and they've been told this by people and by the church in the past. And it all sounded too hard, because it is. (laughs) So they heard that there was this option not to believe in God, not to believe in it at all, so they went with that. It's turned them away from God, because they're told they have to do what's right, otherwise they're going to hell. So this message that we don't have to earn our salvation by doing what's right is just as relevant today. How do we share that with others? We, we need to be the opposite of that. We need to be the opposite of what, we, what they think we are, which is self-righteous and judgmental and trying to change people by scaring them out of hell. It doesn't work. <laughs> We're not righteous judges. No one gets judged into the kingdom. No one gets judged into a transformed life. They get loved into it. So we need to understand that self-righteousness repels people while the true righteousness of God is what draws people to Jesus Christ through you. So how do we stop being self-righteousness? So sorry. How do we stop being self-righteous and put our confidence in God? The answer is a change in our thinking as we let God transform us. <coughs> it's a process, but one we can choose to begin today. You know, it's far easier to compare ourselves with one another than it is to recognize that we can't measure up to the standards of a holy God. So we try to do good, but our good habits get in the way of God transforming and changing us, in the way of, tra- of him declaring us righteous under him, if, they, if, we think, if we think that they're the things that make us righteous. So does that mean we should stop doing good deeds? Paul poses the same question in Romans 6.1, but says, of course not. We should, however, change our thinking from doing good deeds from a place of making yourself right to doing them from a place of having been made right with God. What freedom. Freedom to do what's right instead of trying to do what's right to get freedom. You know, we need to realise that in contrast to Jesus, none of us have any righteousness to stand on or reason to feel superior. God made us right in his sight because of who he is, not because of what we've done. That should be humbling. God doesn't respond to what we do. We respond to what God does. And when we do, we become encouragers rather than criticizers. We are humble. We stop trying to seek the approval of others. We have a change in our thinking from this is what I'm supposed to do to this is what I want to do because of what God has done for me. Works are not the basis of salvation, but of evidence that someone has the faith that, saved, that saves. When we see apples on an apple tree, they're evidence that the tree is alive, but the roots are what pull the nourishment to make it that way. So when our roots are in what Jesus did for us, then the fruit of our work will show and it will be tasty and enticing and draw others in. Timothy Keller says, a Christian is one who stops working to be saved, not one who stops working. These are some thoughts that I want to explore further in the coming weeks. But I'm hoping today that this has resonated with some of you and I want to give you an opportunity to acknowledge some of that self-righteousness in your life that we talked about earlier. Acknowledge that perhaps we've misplaced our confidence and let God transform us, that we need to let God transform us and change the way we think on how we're being made right with him. 
change our thinking so that we can have complete confidence in him. If we can all close our eyes. And if that's you, that you know that you've been self-righteous, you've, had, you've put your confidence in the wrong thing, you've put it in yourself rather than in God, then I think we should all pray together and thank God for who he is and what he's done for us. But maybe you're here today and you've never actually taken the first step of acknowledging Jesus and asking him into your heart to begin that transformational journey. And if that's you, then this prayer is for you too. So I want us all to pray together. So just repeat after me. God, I acknowledge my sin. I see that I have fallen short. I'm sorry for trying to make myself good on my own. I'm sorry that this leads to my self-righteousness. Maybe I've hurt others. Maybe I've hindered others. I've definitely hindered myself. Thank you, Jesus, that you paid the price for my sins on the cross. God, reveal to me right now your righteousness. Show me your grace. Help me to live out of that. Out of a place in full confidence of who you are and what you've done for me. Amen. If you have prayed that today and it's the first time that you've ever acknowledged Jesus as your saviour, then I encourage you to please speak to someone after the service. You can come speak to me, the pastors, any leaders you know, or there will be a couple of people up here after the service for prayer for any prayer needs. You can come see them as well. But we would love to um, to help you on, on that journey of transformation in your life and um, give you some tools that can help you with that. Thank you very much.